Hi, my name is Jared Dudley, and you're listening to the Solar Panel, a Phoenix Sun show. Fun Solar Panel here on iTunes, YouTube, wherever you watch and or listen uh, to this show. Happy to have you alongside with us. I'm Greg Esposito. He is Dave King. And this is not the episode of the Sun Solar Panel we thought we were going to be having tonight. Oh, uh, Dave had his uh, his highball ready. We were going to we we're going to party like uh, like this team was uh, playing in the 1999 season. And unfortunately, now we're talking about somebody that uh, failed a drug test. DeAndre Peyton. Ah, uh, You're in trouble, as you said yeah. on the tweet. It's just, can you, uh, what, I'm about to go full, uh, I'm about to lose. I We cannot have nice things in Phoenix, I think is is what this comes down to. One of the best games that this franchise has played in years happens on opening night against the Kings Wednesday night. And less than 24 hours later, Adrian Wojnarowski, about 5.55 p.m. here in Phoenix on Thursday, tweets out that DeAndre Ayton is facing a 25-game suspension for violating the league's anti-drug policy for taking diuretics. And now usually people are like, well, why is he in trouble for taking a drug that is made to to make you pee or uh, to you lose weight. Uh, you know, it's actually usually used to mask drugs uh, that that are being taken, whether it's performance enhancing or otherwise. Obviously, uh, we do not know exactly what he he took or what he's being accused of of having taken. Uh, it has been reported that the players' association will. Uh, appeal the suspension claiming it was accidental ingestion but come on man like really i'm gonna go lewis black here uh, and start screaming in a second that's how uh, frustrating this is you gonna let me even just say hi yeah go or ahead say hi dave just gonna go <laughs> no I, I could go i could go for 40 minutes without you right now dave how are yes, you yes i know you could oh pretty good pretty good uh man i was doing a lot better up until an hour ago this is ridiculous. So I, I was coming on here. I was going to be excited to talk about how DeAndre Ayton had turned a corner and showed all of his defensive you know, abilities and, and potential in last night's game. Now, let's not fool this. This is a drug test that was done before today. It's just that. <laughs> so it's not like he took these enhancing drugs right before last night's game. <laughs> there have since been tests that he's been completely clear in. Um, it has, it's not really clear that uh, exactly what date this test was taken on or anything like that. Um, but Adrian Wozniarowski is the one who broke this. And he also got uh, shared a statement from Aiden saying how deeply sorry he is to everybody he impacted by this, including us, the fans. And um, it also says that the NBPA is going to immediately try to expedite a hearing, a, re, uh, a reconsideration to lower the suspension because there is a clause where it's unintentional use kind of thing. So it depends on whether the uh, league um, players association can't convince the league that it was unintentional, but it's going to be, I mean, he's not denying he took it though. Apparently not. Well, he's not denying that it was in a system. You can't do that. The test is the test. So you can't deny that it was actually in the system. Um, but I was looking through doing a little bit of quick research. It does look like about two or three. We just never noticed 
here in Phoenix, but it looks like about two or three players a year uh, get suspensions of varying lengths. Uh, the last two to get 25 game suspensions are Jody Meeks in 2018 and Wilson Chandler uh, actually just two months ago in August of 2019. Just two months ago, he was suspended for the first 25 games for Brooklyn. Uh, and I don't, we don't know exactly what drug was in his system other than it being a diuretic. Um, it does look like uh, Tyreek Evans got suspended for two years, and I think he just ended up retiring. Uh, but he's got a two-year suspension that it was levied on him this May. That was for, because of uh, multiple drugs. violations, though, correct? Uh, he had yeah, had a and violation. a heavy drug of abuse, it said. So while Aiton was just found for having a diuretic, the other guys, um, especially Tyreek Evans had something that was truly performance enhancing. Now, a diuretic is seen as something that is a masking agent to hide other drugs uh, that may be in the system, but no other drugs were found in that or subsequent tests on Aiden. Now, uh, let's not let's not. I'm not trying to paint a positive picture here. Aiden really screwed up. Totally screwed up. He ruined this. What could have been a really good Sun season. You could make a case. Well, uh, we'll see how much of a, of a how much of a winner Aiton is if the Suns can win games without him. But this doesn't really show that. This doesn't show anything because the Suns have not shown an ability with this roster to win or lose games. One game notwithstanding, we don't know if they would have won or lost with him. So we don't know if with a win or loss, win or lose without him. All we know now is Aaron Baines is going to be your starting center on Friday night against Denver. And his backup is most likely going to be Frank Kaminsky. Now, a lot of us see that Frank Kaminsky is is a centery type. Uh, he plays right near the basket. He's good at putbacks. He's really tall, really long. He can get rebounds. And he doesn't move so well, so it's good that, to actually put him. Last night in the season opener, he actually played defense against the Kings center, Dwayne Dedman, while Aiden went out and guarded Marvin Bagley on the perimeter. But the problem here is you lose any athleticism you had on the front line. Now you're stuck with Aaron Baines, Frank Kaminsky, and Dario Saric as your bigs on the front line. I expect the Suns will go small now, and they'll try to go back to the uh, what they had a little bit last year with Kelly Oubre playing some power forward for them. Uh, he won't be able to rebound very well, but he'll at least be out there, and uh, uh, he'll be able to guard the quicker forwards, and then the Suns' big guys can guard the smaller forwards, or excuse me, the, the bigger forwards the Suns' big guys can, and protect the rim uh, a little bit and rebound pretty well. So now we're now we're stuck thinking about what to do next without DeAndre Ayton, and we get to see what might have happened if the Suns hadn't drafted anyone like that last year. Look, look I, I don't know how you're being... You're trying. You're trying to find the monicum of potential okay in this, and and I no, and I understand. Up. I'm not saying they're going to win any games. No, I know you're not, but I, you're you're taking the calm approach to this, and that's just not the way I operate. And All look, right. take us home. DeAndre Ayton is a professional athlete. The vehicle of everything that has gotten him where he is in life. And how he is a millionaire now is his body. 
There is no excuse, whether it was accidentally or on purpose, to ingest anything that would trigger the NBA's anti-drug policy. It is inexcusable if you are a professional athlete to ingest anything, especially if you don't know what it is. Uh, you know, I, I give him credit for not trying to claim it, that the test was false, but you need to know every last single thing. And if the claim is this was an incidental ingestion, that's worse to me almost than him doing it on purpose. Because at least when you do it on purpose, you're you're acknowledging you're cheating on purpose. But when you put it when you accidentally quote unquote ingest this, that means you are not paying close attention to what you are doing with your body and how you are preparing to be a professional athlete. And that is what you are being paid to do. That is what you were in the league for. And that is inexcusable to me. And it is highly disappointing. And I get it. He's a young guy. But still, you have a responsibility to yourself, to your teammates, to your coaches, to the fans, and to the city that you wear on the front of your jersey uh, when you play. And that is despicable to me that he did not know what he was putting in his body. Yeah, that's really that's really good. It's it's really true. And these things happen across other leagues as well. And these guys are always claiming that they don't know what went into their body. But you're absolutely right, Greg. You just don't put anything in your body that isn't sanctioned by the training staff. Why are you going out on your own now on in the offseason? Guys do obviously have a lot more time to themselves. But and, but this is inexcusable. I totally agree with you. You are right. It's inexcusable. Um, but I'm just one of those forward thinking guys. I'm like, fine. No DeAndre Ayton. Now what do you do? And that's why I was going into the other players that the, the Suns have on the roster. No, but, and I, and um, I get that is, mindset. I, it's I, not I, fair. It's not fair, and you're right. It's not fair to anybody or anything. And he did put out that statement where he recognizes it. But you know what? Somebody wrote that statement for him. Um, and obviously he thought, I'm going to need some help to be able to stay in shape. Or what, I, what, I, what I'm guessing is that because the Suns told him to get in shape, and they told him to, you know, be ready to run up and down nonstop. And he is a guy who naturally loses his wind uh, when he plays too hard. And he didn't want to have that as a problem. Um, I would like to know when these tests were taken. I, I am curious about when the tests were taken. Uh, but certainly this is this is just awful. And just that it happened the day after the Suns had their best win in years just makes it even worse. Although if the Suns had lost. And he was the only right bright spot. It, I, it might be worse right now. See, I can find silver lining anywhere. Or actually, it's not silver lining, Greg. It's the bright side. Uh, well, this is true. But look, if if even if they told him uh, to get in shape and that put pressure on him, you know what normal people do? You know, when I was with the Suns and people were telling me, man, you got kind of fat, Greg. I went and I found a way to lose the weight naturally. I went out and I did what it took to do it. I didn't take shortcuts. And if he did this because he was taking a shortcut to get where he needed to physically, that's that's wor another level of, of, of worse on this to me because it shows a lack of, uh, of effort and willingness to do what it takes to get where you need to be. And that is unacceptable to me even more so. Now, I get it. We got to look forward because, because he's not here. And, and you're right. It could get worse. The Kings could petition the NBA that that game was invalid because the Suns played with a guy who failed a drug That's test. That's never happened. Stop that. <laughs> it won't. That's but it could happened. get worse, right? Now people are going to say, that, oh, I, can't, I heard that the Suns are going <laughs> to uh, no. petition. Yeah, now you're starting a rumor. Uh, no, it, 
that's not going to happen, nor ever would it. But to me, you bring up an interesting point about what does this lineup look like now? And I wonder, is it Aaron Baines that gets the call, or do you go to Frank Kaminsky as your starting center now and let Baines come off the bench as a banger uh, and a guy to do that? I know that you're going to lack rebounding in a lineup where Frank Kaminsky is your starting center, but it will help you make up some of that offense that you're going to lose with DeAndre Ayton not in the game. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't see them starting Frank Kaminsky at center. I think Aaron Baines has proven it, and Monty Williams uh, likes him too much. He won't play more than twenty minutes, but he'll be their starter. The Suns have had a uh, a whole franchise worth of centers who start but only play twenty minutes a game. It's true. Yeah, should well, we list them all? <laughs> no, no, that that will take us well beyond how much time we should dedicate to this to this episode. But you look at it and you wonder, okay. How does this impact the chemistry, though, too, right? Because it finally felt like this was a galvanized team, like they believed in each other, that they believed in what was going on in the locker room, the message, what they were what they were looking at, right? And, and last night, it, or excuse me, Wednesday night uh, in that first game, it showed. They played like a team that believed in each other, like a team that, that had purpose. How much does that does this impact it? He was one of the founders, quote unquote, of the Valley Boys movement, right? I, how much does that violate that trust? How much does it impact what they worked so hard to start to cultivate that has been missing for the last five, six years with this franchise? So can we put this into perspective a little bit? Yeah, of Do you course. mind if I go off on a tangent? No, it's your turn. Okay, go ahead. I just got reminded of this uh, on by while I'm looking at Twitter while you're ranting because I don't <laughs> listen to you. Um, I was reading through Twitter, and uh, there, was, there was a very good reminder. And I'm going to read it. This is by at Bobby Digital, Cam Johnson, R-O-T-Y. Um, and the Twitter handle, basically, it's October. So it's Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Just want to be clear that the NBA suspended Darren Collison eight games for actual proven domestic violence charges. Meanwhile, DeAndre Ayton is getting suspended, like a lot of other players, 25 games for a diuretic. Yeah, it's not it's not this fair. Is, no, let's let's go back to this. Because the Houston Astros just tonight, today, fired their assistant GM for turning on three female reporters and yelling at them about how ha- happy he was that they signed a domestic violence abuser, a guy who was suspended from the league for 75 games for awful things that he did. And then the guy was com- the, the guy was yelling at these female reporters saying how glad he was that they signed this guy while one of the reporters was we- wearing a bracelet to, to, to remind people about domestic violence. This is just disgusting stuff. And then the GM, when he actually got on the press conference, he said, I feel really bad for those for those women and what they had to deal with. It's almost as bad as me being up here list- taking questions from you guys. Talk about clueless. The, all the sports in this, all the major sports, totally ignore all these things like domestic violence, actual violence. And yet they suspend people for little things like this. This well, is relatively a little thing in the world. It is. But look, and I don't, I, I do not disagree. Domestic violence should be uh, a, a zero tolerance policy in most of these leagues. And it should be a year suspension, something major there. I don't think you can use that as an argument that they should suspend 
DeAndre Ayton for fewer games, though, because you also have to protect. These are two separate things. Yes, I agree that you should severely suspend people for domestic violence, like I said, for a year. But I also think in this case, you're protecting the sanctity of the game as well. You can't, you either, you go one way or another when it comes to to drugs in your sports. You turn a total blind eye, uh, the NFL, uh, or you you actually do something about it and have a, a, a stated drug policy that you take seriously. And the NBA ha- has done that. This is a first violation. This is the, gre- the terms that they agreed to in the CBA for it. It was collectively bargained. He did the crime. He's got to do the time. I don't care if it was accidental or not. It got in his body. He's responsible for what goes into it. And now he the team and us as fans have to pay the price for that stupid mistake. Yeah, I know. We all have to pay the price for that stupid mistake. And he is the dumbest guy. Look, I never said the guy was a rocket scientist. I'll tell you that. Um, and this is proving how dumb he is to do this. There's only two or three players a year who get caught with this kind of stuff. And those drug tests happen on, a, on the regular. So obviously he's not the brightest bulb um, in the light store. Okay. But, but, I just think this is a little bit outsized as far as the suspension. He's already he's going to lose about two million dollars, which is about a third of what he was going to make this year, something like that. Twenty-five games worth is about a third of eighty-two. Boo, um, freaking who? Couldn't care that he's losing a dime because of a decision. That no, he no, made. no, no, no. I'm not saying he's losing too much. What I'm saying is, take a take like all of his salaries. I don't care. But you're 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 hurting the fans. You're hurting the club. You're hurting other people that he didn't that he shouldn't be given the power to hurt. And yet the the NFL and the NBA and the Major League Baseball they support guys who actually do physically hurt other people. Oh, I agree. It's totally wrong. They shouldn't. They should be suspending these people. What that GM assistant GM in Houston did was despicable, and the fact that it took him this long to fire him uh, was asinine at best. I mean, uh, you know, at worst, after they it, went out and they vehemently defended the guy, I know, without it, doing any freaking research. It it is it is a very twisted way that we look at, at sports and at sometimes and, and that's the case how can let's just take a step back let's talk about the king's game for a second can we talk so if about you want it me to, okay, so if you want me to get mad going back to short story long here greg if you want me to get mad about something that's what i'm going to get mad oh. about i'm not going to get mad about some dumbass player who takes a diuretic to try to lose a little bit of weight so he can press his coach a little bit more i can't get mad about that i can get mad about the dis the, the total disorientation, the total lack of balance on the way these leagues take care um, of discipline and control and take care of and support their players. I could go for hours on this shit. I, I, I'm not going to. I don't care about him taking a freaking diuretic. And so I let's talk about that. going forward. All right. Okay. Let's talk about he didn't hurt anyone else other than himself. Now, now, now the league is making him hurt other people. All right, so let's talk. Let's calm down, and we'll talk about the Kings game. DeAndre Ayton is not the only thing that went well for the Phoenix Suns on Wednesday night. DeAndre Ayton is one of ten guys who scored five plus points. He's one of four big men who did pretty well in that game. Yes, they're going to lose talent. Obviously, they're going to lose talent. They're going to lose their ability to win games they might not have otherwise won. 
down low. But you know what? This also allows them to open up and play fast and take even more threes and be more exciting. If you guys remember that Portland game on Saturday night two weeks ago when the Suns went without Aiton and Rubio and Booker and they made 24 threes in the game, that's the kind of game they're going to be playing because now with Rubio and Booker back, it'll be even even more likely to go that way. Rubio and Booker each had 10-plus assists on Wednesday night. That was incredible. It was fun. It was fun to see these guys. You know what? The starting lineup only made three out of 12 threes. Aiden didn't take any of them. So the other four made three out of 12 threes. The rest of the guys off the bench are the ones who made it 11 of 33 overall because they took the threes and they eventually made them and broke the game wide open. That team won because they played hard. They played defense with as much activity as I've ever seen on a Suns team. And they played offense with as much passing, quick passing, quick decision making. I know Igor talked about this a year ago, but this team actually did it this year. Yeah, it's a little bit more talent, but it's also a little bit more focus and a little bit better coaching. And I'm not going to stop saying that. They have a better coaching staff this year than they did last year. I don't Mm -hmm. care how much you liked Igor. I liked Igor too. But this one obviously is having much more of a difference on the team than last year's did. So I'm happy about this. I'm seeing more ball movement, and they're going to play their asses off. And you know what? If these guys know what's good for them, the rest of the Suns team, if they know what's good for them, they're going to use this with a chip on their shoulder. They're going to put this DeAndre Ayton size, bobblehead size chip on their shoulder, and they're going to kick some ass over the next few weeks and prove that they don't need a guy who's dumb enough to take this stupid diuretic and get himself suspended. They're not, they better not go into a hole. I'll be really pissed if this team uses this as a reason to lose games. Because if I'm, if I'm a professional, if I'm an adult, and if I'm better than some dude who took a stupid diuretic, then I'm going to play my ass off to prove that I didn't need that guy. Well, look, Monty Williams is a vastly superior coach to anybody that's been on the bench in recent years for the Suns, probably since Alvin Gentry had that seat and maybe even before that to to Mike D'Antoni, simply because he is experienced. They didn't have experience head coaching, and he's a guy that can connect with players. I had numerous people that I talked to around the organization tell me that this guy is the real deal, that that he is inspirational, that he is inspiring these guys, that they bought in to who he is and his vision for this. So one guy uh, hopefully won't have that negative impact that it potentially could have happened in the past because Monty Williams is the galvanizing force. He's the guy that can drive this. And you saw it in that Kings game on Wednesday night. This offense, they bought into the system. They bought into the idea of team defense. They bought into the idea of one guy uh, having the next guy's back. I, I heard, I think it was Lindsey Smith on the broadcast last night had a quote that Monty told Devin Booker that everything you want is on the other side of hard, right? Meaning... Yep. If you work hard, if you go through the difficult times, yeah. you will get to that promise line. You will get to what what you were hoping to achieve. That hard work pays off. That difficult times lead to something better. And there is not a man who understands that better than Monty Williams and not an embodiment and of that more And you know who first told him that? Night. Who first told him that was Greg Popovich, he said on that podcast. And I've, I've heard Popovich talk about this before, and I really respect Greg Popovich no matter what he's done to the Suns in the year in the mid 2000s. Um, he said, basketball is, sub- this is what I tell my guys, he says, and his, the Hellenized teams since, certainly since Timmy Duncan um, <clears throat> retired has not been 
the very best in the league, but they keep winning games because he goes, because he goes, listen to what I tell my guys. Basketball is supposed to be hard. Don't you dare come into the, into the huddle or into practice or whatever and say, oh, this is so hard. It's supposed to be hard. These are the best players in the league. Everyone else wants to kick your ass. So you have to go out there and kick theirs. You can't let things come to you. You got to make them. You got to go to them. And maybe this will be a wake up call for DeAndre Aiden, that dummy, because maybe he'll actually decide that he's going to take all this stuff seriously. You can't just float through and take these extra enhancing things, even if it's just a diuretic to lose weight. Look, best case scenario, this guy drank a ton of freaking coffee or whatever is in coffee to make a diuretic so he can lose weight before training camp. That is the best case scenario. And that is dumb. I get it. But I'm not mad enough to be to be all, oh, we might as well give up. No, no, you fight through it. And you make it so that you didn't need the guy. Then when he comes back contrite and ready to prove himself as a real player who deserves what he's got, then maybe he'll even be a better player than he was when he left. And maybe then everybody will be better off. But if the Suns tank in this next few weeks because he's gone, that's their problem, not his problem. No, I I agree. There's the talent there. We saw it against the Kings. This is not a team that Devin Booker has to carry on his own back with nobody else to help him. There's a reason that he didn't have many points in that first half, didn't take many shots in the game, 17 overall, uh, I believe it was, uh, but still finished with uh, 22 points, 10 assists. He he knew he has, he knows he has other NBA talent around him now, guys that can help carry that load. And just because DeAndre Ayton's out, unlike last year, if that had happened, there are guys that can help now, right? There are guys that can carry that load and do things out on that court that are actually productive. Kelly Oubre had a a nice game in game one. Ricky Rubio was unbelievable, right? I believe it was 11 points, 11 Tyler assists, Johnson 6 rebounds, really 4 good. steals, right? Like, yep. yeah, Tyler Johnson looked more like the Tyler Johnson from Miami days than we've seen. Even Javon Carter added something. Frank Kaminsky went out there. Aaron Baines contributed. There is NBA-level talent here. So that's why I don't think this is necessarily catastrophic for this team. Does it hurt? Yes. Will they likely lose a few more games than they would have over the next 25 with DeAndre Ayton? Definitely. But I don't think this means that all the goodwill and everything that felt good about Game 1 is gone because DeAndre Ayton was just a small part of what felt good about game one and the rest of those guys will still be out there playing hard and that's without even having seen Cam Johnson or Ty Jerome yet both of who are injured Ty Jerome going to be out two to four weeks uh, according to reports when he's going to be next reevaluated and then Cam Johnson seems day, to, day to day did I say Tyler Johnson I meant Ty, Ty Jerome, Jerome. Yeah. yeah so yeah, but uh, no, it, it just, look, shit happens. Deal with it. Fight through to the other side. Mm-hmm. That's all they got to do. And and if there's a guy that can get them to believe into that and fight hard, it's Monty Williams, right? There, There's nobody that works, uh, that, that, that could work harder with this group than him. It's disappointing what DeAndre Ayton did. It's frustrating. As Suns fans, we are conditioned to immediately go, you know what, 
that were snake bitten, whatever happened. I mean, I joked, what do we have to, what do we do to the basketball gods and what do we have to sacrifice to, uh, to make sure, uh, it, it doesn't, it goes away, but you know what? It's not, this is not the end of the world. This team will continue to fight on. There is a lot of talent and I think, it still will be an entertaining team to watch, and hopefully, this changes his uh, his mindset moving forward. Dave, any final thoughts before we get out of here tonight? Uh, no, I just want to say I'm looking forward now even more to these games because I want to see how this team reacts. Uh, they got fucked over by a teammate, and now they got to go out and and win anyway. And and they were already behind the look. Friday, okay. Let's just quickly recap. Wednesday was the most winnable game they're going to have for a couple of weeks, for at least a week and a half. Um, they've got on Friday, they're in Denver at mile high. Like uh, that is not going to go well for the Suns. The Denver is an excellent team who really has a lot of players that are that are just really hard for the Suns to contend with. And then um, on Saturday, it's the annual get the Clippers on a back to back on, uh, you know, and, and while they're rested, it's that annual trip that they get against the freaking Clippers. And every freaking year, it's a 30-point loss, and Patrick Beverly is talk, is walking around like a Cheshire cat at the end of the game. That's just the way these next two games are going to go. On Monday is a what I think is a winnable game, although a lot of people won't think so, but it's against Utah at home. Monday against Utah at home. We'll be back to talk about Monday before um, uh, on our next podcast before Monday happens, Monday's game happens. But I think that's our next winnable one. I'm pretty sure the Suns are going to be one and two. But what I'm looking forward to, what I'm looking forward to is seeing how they fight, how they push through these games without one of their best players. Yep. Uh, and, and that's all you can ask for is to keep fighting and, and actually keep these games entertaining. So for Dave King, I'm Greg Esposito. If you want to keep the group therapy session going, let's do it on Twitter. I'm at Espo. He's at Dave King MBA. And the show is at Sun Solar Panel. Sun's Solar Panel. And we'll uh, talk to you Saturday, hopefully about something a little bit less depressing.